this time I'm going to call Brad Hubert to come up. Brad is well-known within SunWest here. He has been a pastor in Calgary for many years and in Manitoba prior to that, and he brings us the word this morning. Brad, can I pray for you? And I will grab that table. Lord God, thank you so much for Brad. Thank you for the word that you've instilled in him, and I just pray, Lord, that as he shares that with us, would you prepare our hearts to receive from you through him? In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Well, good morning. It's good to be back once again. I'm just going to wait for this table. I got, I got stuff. So this morning, we're going to find out how a cup of cold water, a white thing, a grapefruit, and a jiffy marker somehow fi- figure into my message. If you know me at all, you're like, yeah, that's not a stretch. So <laughs> that's awesome. Um, I, I just want to say officially, welcome to fall 2023. So <laughs> does anyone... Does, does anyone else experience a fear in the morning? Like you're afraid to look at your phone to see what else burned down? Like seriously, like it's like, oh, it's on fire. Do I love going there? It's probably on fire. That's probably, probably what happened. Or flooding, earthquakes, tsunamis, mudslides. Like it, what is, it's like Mother Nature is just mad. I don't, I don't understand exactly what's going on. Then that's just, that's just nature. Uh, I, I find that this fall, uh, I, I find myself a little more tentative in terms of how to engage with the world as a Christian. I don't know if you, you feel that same way too. Like even just a couple of years ago, maybe you, you felt a little more freedom as a believer in Jesus to engage with people, your friends on the street. And now it's like, you, you, are, we, are we allowed to talk about that? Like somebody starts talking politics, you're like, are we, are we doing that now? Are we like... Or is that just you? Because like, I feel like if I join in, you're going to get mad. Like I, right? Do you understand? Like the certain trigger words, and the, the list of trigger words is getting bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger. I won't name any right now because I, I don't want you to walk out on me. But, but it's like, we don't know exactly how to engage. We don't know, like, what's, what is your view on COVID and vaccines and, and Trump? Or, or just the, like, just, you know, you know what I'm talking about. So like we're walking around in our culture, kind of on the eggshells. Like, do, am I allowed to walk here? Am I, are, are we going there now? Are we, are we, I'm not sure. So, so here's what I want to do today. Just really simply, I want to give us a different way of posturing ourselves. A different way of positioning ourselves. A way, a way of seeing ourselves in relation to the people around us, in relation to the world. Like, how would God position you this morning, like in your work environment, in your school, as a neighbor on your street, with the barista serving you drink, like how, how should you be relating to the world? And of course, what I'm talking about is our identity. Now, if you're kind of rolling your eyes going, oh, here's another pastoral identity in Christ talk, because pastors like to talk about this. I, I'm confident that what I have to share today is going to stretch your thinking. And, and what I'm praying is that will actually shape the way you see yourself in a profound way, that this will actually be a before and after moment for you today. Not because of what I say, but because of what the Spirit of God does here. So when we talk about identity, we start with who we are. That's, that's the core of our identity. So, so when I talk about my, just my name, that's, that's Brad, that's my name. So I'm, I'm talking about who I am, and I, I found some cool things about my name this, this summer. I was looking it up, and I thought, that's kind of neat. 
My parents, I asked, I asked my mom, I was thinking this could go deep, you know? Why did you name me Bradley? Oh, we liked it. Oh, okay. So like, I thought there was some like big prophetic me. I just liked it. But, but when it comes to Jesus, my, my identity is related to how he sees me. My relationship to God is the core of my identity. So I'm his beloved. I'm, I'm the one he loves. I'm the, I'm the object of his affection, the one he died to save. And as I put my faith in him, I'm his child. I'm his son. I'm his boy. That's the core of who I am. That gives me my security in the world. That, that gives me my sense of belonging, of being cherished. But who I am is only half of my identity. What I am also shapes how I see myself and is part of my identity. If who I am gives me my sense of belonging and my sense of security, what I am helps me understand my mission, my posture, what God wants to bring through me to the world. So I have a pen here. This is actually a jumbo jiffy marker from Dollarama. Super expensive, fancy little thing. If I asked you what this is, you would say it's a jiffy marker. And I, we dug a little deeper. I'd say, what, what, is, what is this thing? Like, what is this for? It's because how we're designed tells us what we're for. How God made us tells us how he intends to use us, why we're here, what our role is in the world, how to posture ourselves, position ourselves. So if we dug a little deeper, I would say, I would ask you, what does this do? And you'd say, well, it, it writes, Brad, <laughs> right? So it, it writes. So I, I go like this, maybe. Can you, can you see that? Can you say that with me? One, two, three. That's so cool. <laughs> Dude, I didn't know this is surfing church. That's pretty cool. Um, but here's, here's the interesting thing about this marker. What did it just do? It didn't just dispense ink. It became a tool in my hands where something in my mind became flesh. That's what it did. And not only that, it became something you could interact with in the world, and you all said, dude. Probably just like that too, right? Yeah? Just dude. It became something we can all experience together. Something got transposed from my mind through this marker onto this page. That's really what this thing is for. It's not an ink dispenser. It's a means by which we can translate. And you're thinking, well, duh, but I guarantee you however many thousands of years ago when somebody finally figured out that you could write stuff down, it was like, oh, like, look, look what I just did. Because everything had been oral. Everything had been just something that we recited. Nothing had taken on shape. So in the very same way, God has designed you and I to function like this marker. And you can tell by the way he made us. This is going to be a lights on moment for some of you. So what are we made of? We're made of a body, a soul, and a spirit. 
Some of you say, well, the spirit and the soul is the same thing. It's not. Throughout scripture, they're constantly used beside each other as something different. So I have a body. What's my, what's my body for? It's for interacting with the physical world. That's what it's for. It, it interfaces me with the physical world. I am not my body per se. It's just part of me, right? But it helps me connect with the physical world. What's my spirit for? Helping me connect, interface with the spiritual world. We have to be very careful which spirit we connect with. That it's only the Holy Spirit. That's only God that we connect with and not other false spirits. But that's, that's why there's a danger in scripture with connecting with the wrong spirit, because that's what your spirit's for. Now put this together. If my body is supposed to connect me with the physical world, my, my spirit connects me with the spiritual world, what's my soul for? My soul is like this pen. It connects my spirit with my body. So the things I'm feeling in my body translate into something I'm feeling emotionally. My soul is my mind, my will, and my emotions. This is what theologians generally agree on. And it translates into maybe something that I'm feeling and then I pray and I connect with God spiritually. Or God takes something of his spirit, pours it through me, and it's the job of my soul, my mind, will, and my emotions to grab hold of that thing God is doing in me spiritually and turn it into actions turn it into words. So just like this pen was able to take the thoughts and emotions that I'm feeling up here and translate them into something physical, God has designed you and I in this world to be the place where the invisible becomes visible, where the spiritual becomes physical, tangible in the world, where God's heart for those who are lost and struggling can become a cup of cold water in Jesus' name. We are the place where heaven touches earth. Not because we're awesome, but because that's just how we're designed and that's how God wants to use us. And by the way, the enemy would love to use you that way too. So if we are connecting with, in our culture, let's say that fear or that outrage, guess what comes out in my actions and my words? You cannot help it. It's the way you're designed. You will, and there's a counterfeit New Age concept here, obviously, the New Age has taken this and run with it, but you are designed to manifest spiritual reality. And God wants you on his team so that the kingdom of heaven can come on earth as it is in heaven. That's why we pray that way. Now, if, if what I'm saying is true, then you would expect to find this concept throughout the scriptures. And we do. Once I've given you this lens now, this is, this is what fascinates me. This is how my brain works. I like to, to step back and look at like the meta sort of picture. Like what's, what's going on? Once you see this filter, now you will see it everywhere throughout the scriptures. For example, let's take a common one where Jesus in John chapter 15 says, I am the vine. Now, before I get into this, can I just really, I will not embarrass you, I promise. Can I just quickly get a volunteer? Can somebody just run up here and spend a few minutes with me on the stage? You're amazing. <laughs> so good. Okay, so here's what I would like you to do. I want you to hold this. No embarrassment. No embarrassment. Okay, I want you, not much. Hold this in your right hand. Okay, 
So look at this scripture. It says, I am the vine, Jesus says, and you are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. Now, I'm not playing Jesus here. But if Jesus, let's say, hold out this hand. Let's say you're holding hands with Jesus. Okay. Is Jesus visible? No. And what's your name? Irina. Irina, is she visible? <laughs> yes, don't, don't freak her out. She's like, I don't see anybody. Just, just a grapefruit hovering. Okay, no. So she's visible. Is the fruit visible? So what just happened? In John chapter 15, Jesus is the vine. He's invisible. We are the branches. We are visible. And the fruit becomes visible. You go, not all fruit's visible, Brad. Yes, it is. That's kind of the point. Guys, go to the farmer's market. Come home with a big basket of, of grapefruits, but they're invisible. Try that. Try, try, try coming home. And, and your wife's like, how much did you pay for that? 35 bucks. Awesome deal. Where are they? Oh, they're invisible. Not all fruit is visible, honey. That's kind of the point. That they're visible. Love is actually visible. It becomes a cup of cold water. It becomes a hug. It becomes encouragement. A, a healing. Someone coming to Jesus. Fruit is visible. Okay? But the point is that Jesus wants us to see ourselves as the place where his invisible spiritual gifts to us, his grace flowing through us, take on flesh and then become fruit that we can actually interact with in the world. Is this making sense? Like, this is, this is awesome. So this, this means, so this is so practical. I'm not, I don't want to get ahead of myself. When I, let's say, pray for someone, I'm reaching out, let's say, with my right hand. I'm actually praying, Jesus, I'm picturing this. I'm picturing myself as a vine or a branch on the vine. Jesus actually flowing through me, through my hand, into that person. I don't know if that's how it works, but that's kind of the image. I think he likes it when I, I line myself up with his word. Because this is what's actually happening. When we find ourselves speaking, when we find ourselves doing things in his name, that's what's happening. Thank you so much. I appreciate that. Yes. Okay. Yay. All right. Now, I hope this is making sense. Because this is how Jesus wants us to posture ourselves. He wants us to see ourselves as a branch on the vine, at work, at school, on, on the playground, wherever you are. Whatever's going on. Now again, this image comes up over and over. The one I want to spend more time on today is 1 Peter 4, verse 10, where Peter, different disciple, John, that was John before, quoting Jesus. Peter says, each of you should use whatever gift you have received to serve others. That word gift is charisma. It's, it's a gift of the Holy Spirit. So the Holy Spirit is giving you something that God's saying, I want you to use that to serve others. Is that serving invisible? No. Then you're not serving. <laughs> right? You're doing stuff with what God has given you. The invisible is becoming tangible or, or visible. But look at this. As faithful stewards of God's grace in its various forms. Have you ever thought of yourself as a steward of grace? Now, God's grace is his unmerited favor. Pastors like to use that quote. It sounds super smart. I don't know who came up with it. It wasn't me. But it's a so that. It's God's 
unmerited favor poured out for both my salvation, by grace you have been saved through faith. This is a gift of God, is not from yourselves, not by works, so that no one can boast. So God gives me this grace, his unmerited favor for my salvation, but it's also for my empowerment, which is why Paul talks about this. He says, you should take that grace that you've been given and put it to work. And it's going to, be, it's going to take on various forms as faithful stewards of God's grace in its various forms. Can you say that with me once? As faithful stewards of God's grace in its various forms. What does it mean to be a steward of grace? Well, it's the same thing we just acted out. That's what it means. It means God pours something into me and I'm responsible, just like the branch and the vine, to produce the fruit that God is trying to produce. That's all it means. In other words, stewarding grace means God gives me grace. This is a mind bender that's intended for someone else. In other words, God may give Bob a grace over here, some form of grace that Sally needs. And now he's going to give, he's going to give it to Bob and he's going to go, Hey Bob, I want you to go talk to Sally. I want you to share what I put on your heart. Or it could be finances. It could be all kinds of things, whatever it is, whatever the grace is. Yes, finances is a form. It's one of those shapes. Paul talks about the grace of giving. Are you seeing how all this fits together? So, so he's going to put it on Bob's heart to go minister. This is why the body needs e- each other. It's because God doesn't just give, he, some, he often gives me grace directly, but sometimes he gives it to someone else, and it's their job to steward that well. Now notice, Jesus doesn't say that we get to choose. If we're, if we're a believer in Jesus, you don't get to choose whether you're a branch on the vine. You are. What we get to choose is how we steward what God is giving us. That's what John 15 is talking about. And in the same way, you can't choose whether you're a steward of grace. All we can choose is whether we're a faithful steward of grace or an unfaithful steward. Well, what does that mean? How do do I understand this? Can we get more specific? Well, first of all, Paul talks about this throughout his writings. Look at this one, Ephesians 3.2. He's writing to the Ephesians. He says, surely you've heard about the administration, same kind of word as stewardship. Surely you've heard about the administration of God's grace that was given to me for you. Isn't that cool? He clearly understood, I have been given something someone else needs. And this is not pride. Remember, he didn't didn't arrange for this. Jesus arranged for this. He's saying, you are a steward of grace, Paul. You are a branch on my vine. Wasn't it pride saying that Jesus is flowing through me? No, that's how I made you. I made you to take the invisible and make it visible, to take the spiritual and make it tangible. That's why you're here on the earth. As my boy, as my daughter, whatever, right? This is what God is doing. Another thing we can see is that grace is supposed to take many forms. Grace is designed to take many forms. We go to the next slide. Tangible forms, forms that we can see. So, so as we talk about the vine and the branches, you might think that's a little, it's a little ethereal. What, what am I supposed to do with it? Well, let me just pause first to talk about this fact that 
God gives us grace that's intended for someone else. Then you'll be able to see, maybe. How many of you have ever been to a family gathering? Put up your hand. Okay, good. How many of you are anticipating a family gathering coming up in a couple of weeks, Thanksgiving, some, some, or Christmas or something? Some family gatherings are small, little intimate affairs. Some of them, you're sitting at a Viking table with 43 different dishes, and you can, can't even talk to the people at the end. Maybe you're going to meet in some center somewhere. Like, it's a big deal, right? And, and it's really interesting. I find that every family has what I call, unless you're just a free-for-all, like just like raised by wolves, just the Tasmanian devils of the table. There's some sort of passing protocol. And you don't necessarily speak out the protocol until someone breaks the protocol. It's just sort of understood. It's just understood, this underlying. So in our family, we join hands to pray. We say amen. And then everyone kind of gets up, and there's this moment. And we're asking what? Are we doing clockwise or counterclockwise? That's the, that's the, that's the next question. Right? And usually, usually it's, it's counterclockwise or clockwise, clockwise. Yeah. So usually it's clockwise. I would have messed it up. Glad I practiced. Right? And everyone's, here's the salad. I serve myself and I pass it on. And then the potatoes come. I serve myself, pass it on. And everyone's doing great except some moron <laughs> who's decided to pass the baked potatoes up the, the wrong way, clockwise. Right? Or counterclockwise. And it's like, it's like the salmon going upstream to die. And everyone's like this. It's super awkward. We're like, oh, 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 oh. And then he's like, oh, I, I didn't know. I didn't understand. By the way, I said he. Yeah. <laughs> usually a guy. I'm not going to lie. It's usually a guy. Uh, yeah, my son, usually, at our, at our table. <laughs> but uh, everything goes along swimmingly. But, but something else always happens. When you're at a family gathering and there's a large amount of people, what happens? Everybody's like serving themselves, pass it on, serve, except, again, some idiot. Who's the bottleneck? Am I right? Right? The mashed potatoes come, serves himself, just keeps it there. Salad, cranberry sauce, everything's piling up. He's looking like the pilgrims. Like he's got, you could take an Instagram photo this dude, and, and everyone's kind of going like, do you not under, do you, are you just going to keep that? And then like, everyone's kind of looking down <laughs> the table like this till somebody goes, hey, right? Just, just like that. Hey, maybe you want to help yourself there and pass that on so we don't starve to death thing. And, and, oh, and then, and then, <laughs> and then he's like, oh, all right. I, I didn't know. I was sorry. I didn't, sorry. I didn't realize like, really? You've been to 146 family gatherings in your life. You never picked up on the pattern? <laughs> Serve yourself, pass it on. Serve yourself, pass it on. Can we all just say it together? You know, let's just... <sighs> but this is what we do with God's grace. We're not even concentrating on what form it should take once, once it's gone through us, once we've helped ourselves. We're just like, thank you, Lord, for your grace, not realizing that's an administration I've been given. I've been given a stewardship now. Whether it's forgiveness, whether it's peace, whether it's a word from God, whatever it is, I'm a steward of that. And by the way, I've said this before when I'm here, it's happening right now. You're, you're becoming a steward of what you're now understanding. So you're welcome. Now, what shape should it take? 
Like maybe you look at a graphic like this and you're like, there's so many shapes. Like how do I know what shape the grace is supposed to take? And there could be, a, it could be a million things. And you're right, there could be a million things. Uh, Peter anticipates this. So he's like, let me break it down. So next slide, he says, if anyone speaks, they should do so as one who speaks the very words of God. If anyone serves, they should do so with the strength God provides. So he's like, okay, so let me break it down. Super complicated. You're going to say stuff and do stuff. Like something's going to come out of your mouth or you can do something with your feet or your hands. That's, that's, that's the two options. <laughs> like, so if you're getting all weirded out, like, where, what should I? It's, it's going to be something you say or something you do. And so, thanks, Peter. Peter's always like the blunt force instrument. He makes it so clear. And, and Paul actually talks about this very, very clearly as well. I'm, I'm just showing you how this runs through scripture so beautifully. So when it comes to saying things, look, Ephesians 4.29, let no corrupting talk come out of your mouths, but only such as is good for building up as it fits the occasion that it may give grace. And yes, in the original Greek, it actually says charis there. It's grace. That's the best translation to those who hear. So God gives me something that I then pass on to you, just like I wrote this word here. That didn't help much, but if Hopefully, the grace God has given me is coming out and it's giving grace to those who hear right now. That's what's happening. Uh, he, always, he talks about doing things as well. He says, by the grace God has given me, I laid a foundation as a wise builder. Now he's doing stuff. Using the grace God's given me, I'm translating that into now building the church. Now, what comes out of our mouths or what we do, can be really simple. After the second service, I may choose to, I bought this grapefruit, I may choose to give it to somebody, I may gift it to some poor soul that's craving grapefruit. I might do that. It, it, like I, I've been talking about a cup of cold water in Jesus' name. It could be a hug. It could be an encouragement, a smile, a text, a phone call. It could be sharing with someone what you learned today. It can be all kinds of things. It doesn't have to be big and scary, but just to see ourselves as a steward of grace. Now, it can be big and scary. And it's the same principle. If I encourage someone with a squeeze on the shoulder and say, hey, I'm praying for you, and God's grace empowers that person a little bit through that gesture of kindness. That is the same principle that we see in action when Peter and John walked into the temple beautiful in Acts chapter 3 and saw a crippled beggar. Same principle. Peter sees the guy, says, hey, can you help a brother out? Peter sees him and says, silver or gold, I do not have. But what I do have, I give you. This is a guy who understands his connection to the vine. So think about those words. Think about the confidence. What I have, I give you. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, walk. And taking him by the right hand, he helped him up. There's that. It gives grace to those who hear, right? And instantly the man's feet and ankles became strong. Peter's careful to say it's not by our own power or godliness that we made this man walk. He explains that, but at the 
On the other hand, he's very clearly able to say, what I have, I give you. This is a man who understands, I am a steward of grace, and this is the shape the grace is going to take in this moment. He clearly has an understanding of what we have in Christ that surpasses mine. He, he, he even, no, let's, let's not get into a theology of healing at this moment. Let's just say somehow he knows that in this moment, he has been given from Jesus what that guy needs. And so he gives it to him. That's what's going on. Can we agree? Yeah. So he clearly, how do you know? How do you know? Well, the same spirit that filled Peter is the one that we've received. What we have received is not the spirit of the world, but the spirit who is from God so that we may understand what God has freely given us. So as we walk in the spirit, as we look to Jesus, as we find ourselves in that boardroom where tensions start to flare, I go, oh, I'm a steward of grace. I'm a branch on the vine. Jesus, is there some grace you would like to give me so that I can pass it on into this, mo- into this moment? Are there words you would like me to speak? Is there something you'd like me to pray? Is there something you'd like me to do? And then do it. This is how the kingdom comes. Obviously, God's word, as we understand the scriptures, give us a, a, a fully orbed picture of the kinds of things we have, the things that are possible. So, I'm, as you can tell, I'm a highly visual person. I, always, I almost always bring props. So I actually drew a cartoon that I'd like to share with you as I'm kind of rounding things up here. This is a cartoon that I drew that, that may explain the kind of thing that could have been going through Peter's mind as he reached out and said, in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, walk. What I have, I give you. What I have is my identity, who I am in Christ. I'm God's boy. I'm, I, I'm, I belong to him. I'm his beloved. I'm, where am I? Well, Chris, scriptures say I'm seated with Christ in the heavenly places. Christ is in me. I'm before the throne of grace. And what am I? I'm a branch on the vine. I'm a steward of grace. I'm salt. I'm light. I'm called. I'm gifted. All these things, not because of my own effort, but because of his grace, Right? And what have I received? I received this forgiveness, this, this belonging, this acceptance, this reconciliation with God. And so what I have, I give you. That's our position in the world. And it doesn't matter how inflammatory the world gets. It doesn't matter how dark it gets. It doesn't matter how difficult your situation is. This never ceases to be true. God has positioned us, not because of our own merit, but because he's just chosen us. He's positioned us that everywhere you are, Jesus, the invisible God, has a visible branch. Everywhere you go, you are a steward of grace, which means everywhere you go, God has someone who can carry what people need into that situation. Is that powerful or what? I'm, I'm excited, but I don't know if you can tell. Now, if you, you want to take a picture of that, go ahead. I'll also be sending this as part of my newsletter. I'll, I'll show this a little bit later. If you want to take a picture of that, please do. And if you subscribe to my newsletter, I will, I will send this to you, the actual slide. But for now, let's take a deep breath, and let's remind ourselves of what we've learned.
first our identity. And worship team, you can start to join me up here. First, my identity. I am a steward of God's grace. Can you say that out loud to yourself? I am a steward of God's grace. And secondly, then it becomes a prayer. Holy Spirit, show me what I've been given. Pray that prayer out loud. Holy Spirit, show me what I've been given. And then we adopt the posture, simply, what I have, I give you. What I have, I give you. Now, here's what I believe. You may not believe it yet. You still might be struggling to believe how God would entrust you with something. And and that means you're struggling to receive the grace in, in the beginning. But if you are a believer in Jesus, I am absolutely confident he has put something into you that someone in this room needs. You may not see it. This is where we go. Show me what you've given me. Show me. And and I believe that some of you are already, you're feeling your heart palpitating a little bit. God is wanting you to, to do this. What I have, I give you to step out and give that to that person before you leave. Before you leave. To be a steward of God's grace. So here's what I'd like to do. Just with, close your eyes. And I'm going to just pray, Holy Spirit, would you put someone on our hearts? Would you bring someone to our mind? Someone that you want us to reach out to. Help us to believe we are a steward of your grace. Show us what we've been given and help us to reach out and do it. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. And I just want to say, you may not even know what you're supposed to give until you go talk to the person and find out what's going on in their actual life, and then it will click with you. So I'm encouraging you, I'm daring you. Before you leave, say, God, who is it? And go do it. Amen. Lord God, we thank you for what you have given to us. Lord, this amazing treasure, amazing grace that uh, knows no bounds, and yet it is not for ours to keep and hoard. It's to pass forward. And so God, as you pour into us, help us to receive well. Open our hearts and our minds and our hands in postures that receive, but also, Lord, give us the feet of preparation to pass that on. So that you may be known. So that you may be made famous all for your glory. And all of God's people said, Amen. Thank you so much for coming this week. We want to remind you that next week is our kickoff, and we would love for you to help out. So there's a sign-up sheet at the Welcome Center. We do have prayer partners up here in front of the stage. If you need prayer, please feel free to come up. Thank you for coming. Have a great week. See you next week.